The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus proposed another parable to the crowd, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the week. Then went on. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slave said to him, You want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No. Pull up the leaves, we might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning. Gather the wheat into my barn. He proposed another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, but a person took and sowed in the field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when full grown, it is the largest of plants. It comes a large bush, and the birds of the sky come to dwell in its branch. He spoke to them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch was left. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. He spoke to them only in parables, to fulfill what he said to the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will announce it as I am hidden from the foundation of the world. Then dismissing the crowds and went into the house, his disciples approached him and said, Explain to us the parable of the leaves of the field. Said in reply, He who sows good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed is the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are aging. Just as weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin, and all who will do it. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where they will be waiting and grinding with teeth. And the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The Gospel of Recently, I had occasion to be in the Basilica of St. Lawrence in Nashville. And the door to the sacristy of the Basilica is a massive piece of wood. And on it, on the door, is carved a large image of the Good Shepherd with the words, Possible Bonus, the Shepherd, under it. It's an impressive door. 
And it's an image we all like. The Good Shepherd. You like pictures of our Lord getting sheep around the shoulders, carrying it home. Like images that remind us of the Lord's mercy and consolation. Divine mercy. Our Lord healing the sick, taking care of children. It's beautiful. We are meant to like They inspire us, for instance, to seek God's mercy if we need it. To remind us of God's mercy if we're willing to accept it. But God won't force it. Now, think of another image that I know many of you have seen. At the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington. In the apse along the back wall, there is a mosaic or mural of our Lord coming in judgment. It's not a pleasant thing to look at. It is looking at you and me. And wherever you go, it seems to that you'll be in the eyes of Someone intimidated. You don't have to think about that very often, do we? This gospel speaks about it. Our Lord speaks about it all the time. He warns us about judgment so that, we, so, so that we will seek his mercy. That's why he warns us about judgment. He doesn't get it as said today's gospel. That concept of mercy. If you suggest it to me, there was a time when we used to talk about the four last things. Four last things were death, judgment, heaven, and hell. They were very real. Then, though, they're always coming back to the mercy of God for what we do accept. But I won't describe for us in today's gospel uh, the kingdom of heaven, and remember the kingdom of heaven on earth is the church. Describe the church to us, what the church will be like. But our Lord created the church to be perfect. And insofar as she is the body of Christ, she is holy. And she is holy under saints. And then she is not so holy in her sins. But our Lord has spoken of this. She kind of has no shock to us. The body of Christ is that way because you and I are part of that body. We experience that too, don't we? But imperfection. Well, our Lord never meant to be there, but he's there nevertheless. But you know, as I said, the church is holy. And even then, you and I are not always. You know, there are those again, the great saints, great sinners, and some of us fall in between. You're always aiming at perfection and at holiness. You never stop doing that. You know, the imitation of Christ, which is one time the book most read next to the scriptures, is a spiritual book, reminds us, as the saints reminded us over and over again, that we cannot compare ourselves to people who appear to be less holy than we are. We must assume that we are the least holy of all of us, even if we are committing grave sin. We are warning about that. You see, in the spiritual life, Competition can be a very good thing. There are many saints who competed with one another for holiness. It's a wonderful thing to watch, even as they were good friends. But comparison is lethal. Once we start comparing ourselves to other people by way of being more or less perfect, it becomes very easy for us to settle for a rather form of 
elevated mediocrity. Uh, I'm pretty happy being mediocre. It's very comfortable because compared to so and so, I'm really doing very well. So I was so secure and coached out my life. Well, we aren't meant to do that. We're not, we compare ourselves only to the saints and only, of course, to the end of Jesus Christ. Now, you know, um, when we start talking about the saints, people don't really read the lives of the saints much anymore, do they? We are encouraged. If you want to undermine a nation, destroy its heroes, or in some way diminish them, make them appear to be less than heroic. You know, there's no one to look to as an example. In the church, it's the same way. You want to undermine the church, uh, take away the saints, or in some way diminish them, try to find some flaw on them. Or say some of the saints have flaws. Sometimes great flaws that they overcame. But if we ought to focus on the saints as an example of what we are supposed to be, if we're going to actually do what we're supposed to do, uh, as the gospel warns us. You know, uh, when these media scandals began back in 2008, I call them media scandals because that's pretty much what they are. They are scandals, they are there some. But by and large, the church is holy. When people say to me, as they do it, they say to you, well, Look at that. I would say, oh yeah, well, look at that. Look at the saints. Once the example, that we should look. That's what he's here, This gospel warns us about such things. But nevertheless, I'm going to look at where I ought to go, if that's my job. So I learned to describe in this gospel what the parable means. He says that the son of man is the one who sows the seed. Good seeds of the children of the kingdom. Hopefully, we are those children. The weeds are the children of the evil one. The enemy of them is the devil. The man speaks about the harvest and the collecting of the weeds, so on. Very powerful image of the end of the world, the end of time, general judgment. But meanwhile, you and I are part of that church. We shouldn't be surprised at their imperfections. Do you know, when those scandals started back in 2002, a lady called me when I was in San She said, I want to come back to the church. I said, do you? She said, yes. I said, why? She said, well, with all these things that are going on, I need to be there. Yes, you do. You'd be there, you need to become a saint yourself. So it's good that you're coming back. You know, the world wants us to focus on that imperfect side of the church, with the words of the leader. But as I said, we can't do that. There was a great scholar, convert to the church, the last century. You may have read some of his books, by the name of Monsignor Ronald Knox. He was a great linguist, scripture scholar, and he had a good sense of humor, too. You know, he never went to Rome. He was English. Never went to Rome. And when someone asked him one day, why did you never go to Rome? That's when he began to tell He said, when we're on a great cruise, we don't want to go to the end of the world. That's the reason for <laughs> But when he was asked about his conversion, it's a beautiful story. The one story he told that I thought was particularly beautiful. 
He said that he went one day walked the river to the Catholic Church in London. And there was a sign saying, Watch your own bones. And he figured that this place has thieves in it. It must be the Church of Jesus Christ. <laughs> it is the Church that's describing in this gospel. A combination of what it means. He said, I subscribe to This is what I will join. Now, you and I are struggling for this perfection. We're struggling for holiness, and we should be. You know, I'm going to have a wedding. I would say to the couple, you know, we'll pray that your love will grow throughout your life. Because love is like faith, is like grace. It grows or it dies. There are no middle roads, there are no plateaus where we can stop and say, fine, I've made it. Let's just rest here for the rest of my life. No, it must always be moving towards God and towards greater perfection. But how do we do it? Well, that should be pretty obvious, I think. We do it through the Eucharist. The Eucharist gives us the power to do something we cannot otherwise do on our own. There would be a saint without the Eucharist. The Eucharist is the food of saints. So you and I, then, have the means by which we can actually become these great creatures that we call saints, by which we can actually become holy, by which we can actually be transformed into something quite beautiful and quite wonderful. And, by the way, as a result of this, we truly liberate and truly free. So, we come here today to celebrate. We come here to receive 